Well, uh, good evening, everyone. And uh, a very warm welcome to you all here in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good for us to be able to gather together in this way. And uh, at the outset, I just want to thank those that are playing a part in this service um, and uh, setting up for this service as well. So thank you to all those that have given their time uh, to enable this to happen. We're going to have a responsive call to worship. This is going to be on our screens. Uh, I'll read the words in uh, non-bold, I think in, uh, in white. It may be that bold's in yellow or maybe just bold. Um, but uh, yeah, in yellow. Okay. And these are words taken from Isaiah 60 and Psalm 72. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you, to you the riches of the nations will come. All from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense, and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Surely the islands look to me. Then you will know that I, the Lord, am your Saviour, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. May he rule from sea to sea and to the ends of the earth. May the desert tribes bow before him. May the kings of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. Long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. Then all nations will be blessed through him, and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvellous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen. We're going to sing the first of our uh, carols this evening or songs this evening, Silent Night.
please take your seats and we'll continue in prayer. Lord, on this Christmas Eve, we pause to prepare our hearts as we ponder and rejoice again in your coming to earth, your birth, as our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. May we focus wholeheartedly on you. May joy be in our hearts as we thank you for the gift of salvation. This evening and in the morning, may our heart's attitude be one of deep gratitude. Emmanuel, God with us. Again, come close to us. Where we may have strayed or stayed away, we return to you. Return to us. Empty us of all sin, all rebellion. Bring celebration and reconciliation. Remove all that inhibits our understanding or our receiving your truth and life. We surrender all that we may gain even more. Prepare our hearts as, we, uh, as welcome places for you to be Lord. Usher us into your presence as we invite you into our hearts. May the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you and bring you glory and honour. The Magi brought gifts in celebration of your birth and acknowledgement of your divinity and majesty. We bring you gifts also, the offering of our obedience and declaration of our devotion, the quietening of our hearts, the focusing of our spirit and the joyful overflow of worship and adoration. May this preparation night be a holy night as we once again receive and celebrate your great gift to us this Christmas. In your precious name. Amen. We're going to hear uh, familiar words from Matthew and chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. 
Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So our next carol speaks about these men of old, or these magi of old. With gladness they came and, it, and encountered Jesus for themselves, as with gladness men of old. Let's sing together. <clears throat>
please take your seats. <clears throat> the Magi were on a mission, coming from a land afar, bringing gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh, carefully chosen, handled with care, laden with significance. Gifts pointing to a kingship, a priesthood, a death. There they stood before Herod the Great. He had been granted the title of King of Judea by the Roman Senate. He was the King of the Jews. Yet here we have a delegation of Foreigners asking to see the newborn king of the Jews. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. A new king with a heavenly sign being worshipped as God. This delegation is asking Herod to give away directions to his own doom. This political leader of the land is disturbed by the news of an usurper to the throne. In fact, all Jerusalem with him is disturbed. In our world today, Jesus still causes disturbance, disturbing the human heart, shaking, stirring, agitating it to see what is in it. As the Proverbs say, the crucible, crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. The Lord turns the heat up on the heart to discern any inferior mix, any alloy of sin. What does this heart hold precious? What does it treasure? What is its allegiance? In Matthew chapter 6 we read, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus in Herod's eyes and heart, disturbs the status quo, the political ambitions, the grasping hold of power. In his disturbance, Herod does some digging. He leaves no stone unturned. He has to get to the bottom of this. He calls upon the religious leaders, the, chief, the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, the experts of his day. And he calls together all of them. He wants a comprehensive consultation. He's trying to find out the place, the location of the threats that needs to be eliminated. He asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Bethlehem is the answer. In Judea. A threat to the throne within here in his own kingdom, under his own nose. Now Herod 
politically astute now resorts to less open inquiries. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Herod has the place. He is now narrowing down the time. Political leaders today act openly and honestly, but also secretly and deviously. God made clear through his prophet Jeremiah in chapter 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Like a partridge that hatches eggs it did not lay, are those who gain riches by unjust means. When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them, and in the end, they will prove to be fools. God examines the hearts of our leaders and ourselves. He discerns motives, ambitions, fears, Know that our times and our places are in God's hands. God has plans and purposes for each one of us, however uncertain life seems. Herod is formulating his own plan, a devious ruse. He sent the Magi to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. We learn Herod's real reason for the reconnaissance from a dream that Joseph has, that Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. See, God sees everything. You can't hide from God. We cannot hide our hearts from God. Herod has this delegation unwittingly, it seems, doing his dirty work for him. They go on their way in that moment, seemingly unawares of Herod's murderous intentions. See, Herod has murder in mind. His pursuit is not for devotion, but for destruction. We see his heart laid bear when the Magi, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, return to their country by another route. We read when Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. Herod had been hoodwinked. And here is the horror of Herod's heart. Murderous fury stemming from I'd say a desperate desire to, maintain, to remain as king, remain as ruler over his realm. Power is his pursuit, and he will do what it takes to keep a hold of it. Herod's heinous plot is to eliminate the opposition through the indiscriminate murder of the innocents. 
all the boys of Bethlehem and surrounding area two years old and under. Herod has the place, he has the time, and he has a genocidal solution. Here are echoes of Egypt, centuries before, when Pharaoh ordered all baby boys to be thrown into the Nile, all, all Hebrew baby boys. But one of the boys, Moses, would be spared, rise up to be prophet, miracle worker, deliverer, saviour and leader of the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt. In this instance, through angelic warning and Joseph's obedience, Jesus himself would be supernaturally spared, ironically by going into exile in Egypt. So we read, When they, that the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. It is in the midst of political shaking and subterfuge that the Magi proceed under that divine direction. They went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed low and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And here I want to come to the close of my message with a challenge. When confronted with Jesus, what is the response of your heart? You see, there are those who are foolish, like Herod, with a heart that is opposed to the new king on the block, trying to remain as ruler over their little kingdom, doing whatever it takes to ensure that their grip on power remains. Their heart refuses to return to its maker. But you see, God is urging people to turn back to him, even in our day. Where we have turned away, let us be those who turn back, to do so without delay. You see, there are those who are wise, like the Magi, with a heart overflowing with joy, bowing in humble worship, and expressing their heart's divine devotion in generous giving. May our hearts, each one of our hearts, turn to the Lord, ever be turning back to the Lord, where we turn away, where we err and go astray. May we keep coming back and give all that we have to bring to our King's King. May he be truly, be the King of our hearts. Those Magi were men of old. 
and with joyful steps they sped, Saviour, to thy lowly bed, there to bend the knee before thee whom heaven and earth adore, so may we, with willing feet, ever seek thy mercy seat. May we, with holy joy, pure and free from sin's alloy, all our costliest treasures bring Christ to thee, our heavenly King. We would do well to heed the clear command in Scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 17, each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, gave you his heart. May we do likewise in response give our hearts fully to him. Amen. We remember how love came down that first Christmas. We come to this table not because we must but because we may. Not because we are strong, but because we are weak. We come not because any goodness of our own gives us a right to come, but because we need mercy and help. We come because we love the Lord a little, 
and would like to love him more, we come because he first loved us and gave himself for us. We come to meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And Jesus said, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If any hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the house and eat with them and they with me. Let us pray. Lord, we come to your table trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, given for us, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. And we remember our reading from 1 Corinthians and chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognising the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgement on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. Let us pray. Our living and loving God, we want to give you thanks 
for the birth of your Son into our world. That babe in the manger who grew to be the man on the cross. We thank you that he was born to die. And thank you that he laid down his life that we may take up ours. Thank you that though he laid down his life, that he rose from the grave again. And thank you that in him we have hope. And so, Lord, on this special day, as we gather around the Lord's table, we do so giving thanks, praising you and worshipping you. For who is there like you, O Lord, our Saviour, our Redeemer, our friend? Amen. So the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it. This is my body. Broken for you. We're going to have a couple of uh, couple of folk come and serve. Um, please um, stay where you are, and um, you'll be served. There's a plate with bread and wafers on. How can I repay the Lord for all of his benefits to me? I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call on the Lord by name. I shall pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Please take a glass. Keep hold of it and we will drink together, symbolising our unity in Christ. We're going to be hearing a song as well. Oh, what a mystery. is here, a light in our darkness. 
Despised by the ones you made, yet death couldn't hold you. You've conquered the power of the grave. We have seen the glory of the one who lives forever. As we share the cup, we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Thinking of those grieving, those who are alone, those who are experiencing hardship, at this time. Lord, we recognise that not everyone feels joyful at this season. Many have lost loved ones. Many experience loneliness, difficulties in relationships, hardship. We pray for those who are grieving, going through trial, facing trouble. Meet emptiness with fullness, anxiety with peace, a feeling of lack with fullness. Turn sorrow into joy, the sowing of tears turning to the reaping of joy. You are the great comforter and counsellor. You never leave us or forsake us. You hold our hearts tenderly in your hands. May each person know that they are loved. They are not forgotten. May the joy of your birth and the good news of your coming to earth as Saviour cushion deep grief and bring hope 
where there is despair. Speak peace to those in need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We sing our closing carol, uh, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Creator, we offer this humble prayer as we enter Christmas Day. May we worship with thanks in our hearts. May we sing of redemption, hope and renewal. We pray for joy in our hearts, hope in our God, love to forgive and peace upon the earth. 
We ask for the salvation of all our family members and friends and we pray your blessings on all people. Grant the leaders of our land wisdom and may your will be done in our nation. We pray for the forgiveness of sinners and abundant life in Christ. Holy Spirit, captivate our hearts. Ever turn them back to you. Fill them with your love and strength. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Let's uh, say the words of the grace to one another. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. I'd encourage you to greet one another in a socially distanced uh, way and, and wish one another a happy Christmas.